You have everything I asked for? The cafe owner nodded. Thank you. As he left, Roger looked at his reflection in the large display window. He'd awakened early to polish his riding boots to a high gloss and broke out his new jodhpurs in a crisp white shirt. In the pocket of his riding jacket was the velvet box with a marquee-cut ruby and diamond engagement ring. Worry over whether she'd accept his proposal hung like a dark cloud over his plans and hopes. Before he asked for her hand, he'd have to tell her the truth of his past, who and what he was then, and how he came to be here. Stephen had told Esme, and although she didn't believe him at first, she eventually accepted the truth. Esme's love for Stephen wasn't diminished by the bizarre tale of traveling through time. Roger hoped her sister shared that quality of trust. Electra opened the door just as Roger raised his hand to knock. Hi! She leaned up and kissed him, then took him by the hand into the vestibule. I'm ready. We're just waiting on Emily. I didn't know Emily was joining us. Roger fingered the velvet box and plastered a smile on his face. Ready, Emily said and came over with her small phone in hand. An obsessive worrywart, she reminded everyone on a regular basis you can never be too careful. They rode through the heavily wooded area of the forest that abutted Lancaster land. The spot Roger chose to have the picnic lay halfway between where the forest path intersected the road and the ruin of Elysian Fields. According to Alex Lancaster, Elysian Fields was a grand Norman castle built by his ancestors in the 12th century. Other than to offer a brief history of Elysian Fields, Alex didn't speak about his ancestral home. In his day, Roger's own beautiful and formidable chateau made an impressive sight perched high on her rocky cliff. He shook off the memory of seeing what had been his home converted to a commercial enterprise and turned toward Elysian Fields. This way. Off in the distance, out over the Bristol Channel, lightning spiked. Did you see that? Electra asked. It was almost pretty. It had a purple aura around the bolt. She turned to Roger. You checked the weather for today, didn't you? Yes, my love. I wouldn't have taken us out if I thought we'd run into a storm. Just ahead, I have a surprise set up, Roger said as he trotted toward Elysian Fields again. He led them to an open field where the sunlight was bright and the ground flat. The cafe staff had laid everything out on a red and white checked tablecloth from the restaurant. A platter held cheeses and fruit arranged around chunks of the baguette. The champagne sat chilling in a silver bucket with two flutes at the side. He'd share a flute with Electra. It's lovely. You are such a romantic, Electra said, kissing him on the cheek. Electra turned to Emily. Want to pick some flowers? Emily nodded. Electra emptied a wicker basket that held honey and butter, while Emily took the sharp meat knife from the platter. We'll be back in a flash, Electra said. Where are you going? We passed a blanket of wildflowers not far back. I thought we'd gather a bunch for our table. Where exactly is this spot that's not far back? He asked, anxious to pour the champagne and his heart out and propose. By that granite outcropping. Roger reached for the basket. You can't go there. It's not Alex's land. It's part of the acreage he donated to Dr. Gordon's group. Electra held tight to the basket. So, it's not like Gordon is going to know we were there. What harm are we causing picking a few flowers? None. Since you are determined to do this, hurry up and get away from there, he told Electra. 
I'll open the champagne and have a glass ready for you. He'd opened the champagne and was in the process of pouring when Electra's panicked scream came from the spot near the outcropping. Roger! He dropped the bottle and ran. Gone. Both sisters were gone. The basket with a handful of flowers inside lay on the ground. Electra! He called out. Emily! He ran in a widening spiral, hoping to find them. He looked for any sign someone had come along and taken them by force. Perhaps one of Dr. Gordon's crew had hustled them back to the trailer that served as their lab. Any one of the Gordon group could clearly see the women were picking flowers. Taking them off to their camp was heavy-handed, especially for a bunch of scientists. What the devil could have happened to them? He climbed to the top of the outcropping and called out again. Only the rustling of the breeze through the trees and the low roll of thunder from the storm miles away could be heard.